Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, good afternoon, happy Friday, and welcome to the COB podcast from Ausbiz. I'm Gemma Acton, joined by Scotty, but sadly for us at least, no Nadine this week. Uh, she's been with us the last couple of Fridays. She is taking her first holiday since Ausbiz launched, which uh, is all the way back in April to the public, and even earlier than that uh, for the busy bees behind the scenes putting the whole thing together. What a bludger. Oh, I'm only kidding, of course. No, uh, Nadine, whatever you're up to, hopefully you're putting your feet up and relaxing. But we miss you already and uh, look forward to when you come back here in a week or so's time. But uh, Gemma, always fantastic to go and have a chat with you on a Friday. Wise, uh, particularly this Friday after what's been an eventful week. All of us, I think, need a holiday now. Um, so much action. I, I think, look, I'm going to start local. Uh, try and stay in Australia for a moment rather than go to the obvious place, which is clearly stateside. Uh, RBA was the big news of the week on Tuesday, throwing everything but the kitchen sink at the economy. It doesn't feel like it's the first time that they've done that. Yes, yeah, so and maybe the kitchen sink will come in time, but we might get to that in a minute. But uh, yeah, no real surprises from the RBA in terms of what it did. Uh, so cutting the cash rate, cutting the term funding facility, cutting the uh, yield curve target for three years, all down to 10 basis points. Quantitative easing, the big question was whether A, the bank was going to go down that path and B, whether it was going to be prepared to go and put a dollar figure on it. Uh, the 100 billion figure, Surprisingly enough, was exactly what the median estimate was in the Bloomberg survey of economists that uh, went out the week before. So kudos to the uh, to the RBA, uh, knew what market expectations were and met them. Uh, and uh, impressively as well, the communication levels from the RBA this week uh, were spectacular compared to normal uh, circumstances. So uh, really impressed with the performance of the RBA this week, albeit it's probably a couple of years too late. Well, it's incredible, isn't it? Like looking at when we talk about the declining toolkit of the, the Reserve Bank or indeed any central bank, they've really uh, made much better use of the communication tool than they have many years gone by. So while other tools have lost their effectiveness, this is one they thought, okay, how can we leverage this to the max? As you say, uh, better late than never. Mm. Um, but, you know, long time in Every single economist and strategist uh, that I, person I spoke to during the week uh, was unanimous in saying that they'd like to see the uh, post-meeting press conference maintained. Uh, every other major central bank out there does it, so it's time for the RBA to step up. Uh, no one expects it to go and be a, a long-winded affair uh, if things are going okay, uh, but there are sometimes we need to go and ask hard questions. The one key thing as well, I think, that needs to be eliminated from central banking forever is this central bank uh, speak where they're talking, you uh, know, code and metaphors, trying to go and like, you know, confuse as to what, uh, what is actually you know, going to take place. Just be obvious and upfront with us. Uh, that's what all the businesses, households uh, and government wants to go and know. We know that. We know how to go and plan. Yeah, exactly. And, and how things will, will affect people as well. Sometimes it's not altogether clear uh, initially what they're thinking with some of their actions. And speaking of banks in general, moving from the central bank to uh, some of our big banks, big week for results here. And NAB, the last to go on Thursday, uh, one third drop in profits, not uh, as much as Westpac earlier in the week. But you know, the, market, the markets, from what I could tell, took a lot of the 
uh, a lot of the profit knock in their stride because they had been so well flagged. What was less easy for investors to swallow was um, the potential for future earnings, uh, given that you know, with, with the RBA cutting yet again, um, uh, it, you know, it's looking extremely bleak. Yes, yeah, so net interest margins are going to be uh, squeezed for a long period of time because, of course, the banks can't go and cut uh, deposit rates into negative territory. Uh, so every time they go and take a hit on the loan book, and to reduce the other uh, loans down there, you can just you see that <laughs> you can see that squeezing nature. And uh, you know, as uh, you know, we've hit uh, rock bottom uh, when it comes to deposit rates. Uh, you know, it's just getting harder and harder. So uh, it comes down to you know, can you go and get any margin expansion in an environment where it's so competitive? Well, probably not. It's very damn competitive. Uh, there's a lot of people out there scrambling uh, for uh, for other people's mortgages and the like. Um, and then you overlay that with uh, with what's going on with uh, with loan growth. Now, yes, there's been a nice rebound recently, but we've got uh, very little population growth for the time being. Economic conditions are still fairly weak. So um, yeah, system loan growth is going to be a struggle and credit loan growth, uh, or credit growth, should I say, is going to be a real battle. So you can see why there's still many people out there who are pretty bearish on the banks. Uh, what's clear is that we need to have a cyclical upswing uh, to go and get any real loan pressure relief. And look, maybe next year will be the year. Well, you know, I'd add to that the cost pressures because just to um, keep up with what other innovators around them are doing, try and digitize, try and you know maintain their, they've got their brands obviously, but mm. they're having to run really fast to keep up with all of the fintech innovations. Yeah, and some real uh, you know, curly partnerships starting to come to fruition as well, of course. We've discussed that in previous episodes of the COB. But uh, it really shows you the lens that uh, the traditional banks are going to to go and get any kind of growth uh, funding and the like because it's so competitive out there. Mm, it is. Now, one other bank announced today, that was Macquarie. Its half-year results came out um, down around 32%, which sounds bad until you think that everyone was expecting to be down 35%. So the stock bounced a little. And we asked uh, two analysts today on the call what they thought. Let's hear what Jean Bay Lu from Tribeca Investment Partners thinks of Macquarie Group. All in all, I think it's a good result um, and it bodes really well for the next, you know, the recovery um, in future years. Right. Um, and over the long term, really, uh, it is well leveraged to low interest rate because of infrastructure assets and the like. Um, it's well leveraged to the global ESG focus um, and because they got a lot of fun looking to renewables and things. Um, and, you know, I just think it's a, it's a great, uh, it's probably one of the best bank, um, you know, in okay. the world to be exposed and to. And a buy at these levels? It's a buy. It's a buy. Definitely, it's a buy. Um, you know, uh, Macquarie is very, very good at uh, at their results um, under promising, but then over delivering. They paid a dollar thirty five dividend compared to two dollars fifty last year. Still okay. Still paid a dividend, so I think that's fine. Um, but four hundred forty seven million in credit impairments. Now, if you compare that to the big four banks, which had billions of dollars yep. of yep. impairments, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think this is a well structured bank. It you know it might be a little bit pricey up here, but it, it, it warrants that premium and, and it's a buy. And that was Adam Dawes from Shoreham Partners uh, agreeing with June Bay Lou that this is a stock they both like. Uh, we would, of course, ordinarily add it into our Ausbiz portfolio, but given it's there already, can't add it twice. But uh, certainly... Um, Increase the allocation, I say. How about that? <laughs> you could. Uh, who makes the rules for these things? Have you got your short portfolio yet? Uh, my, uh, my, uh, my long short uh, hedge fund. I'm still trying to go work on Koshi to go and get that up, but uh, we'll get there in time. Of course, I'm talking hypothetically. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe 2021. Uh, listen, we managed to get through the first half of the podcast without mentioning the election once. Um, but look, you know, it, it was extraordinary. The market went up, it went down, it went sideways. And that was... 
there was a narrative every single time. The narrative shifted from Tuesday to Wednesday to Thursday. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, technology loved it. Healthcare loved it. And we saw a hell of a rally uh, overnight in, in both of those sectors. Yeah, ongoing move. And uh, I'm not sure if you listened to the podcast uh, yesterday, but uh, the, brrr, <laughs> the, uh, the, the money printer firing up uh, from the Federal Reserve and others, and including the RBA. Uh, that backstop, I uh, know, is making that even like the likes of uh, election outcomes uh, and every other thing out there at the moment, including the coronavirus, which you know, needs to be mentioned as well, uh, basically falling to the background. So anytime there's a pocket of weakness on one of those factors, uh, the belief in the central banks comes through uh, and magically uh, the hand goes and, and picks those, uh, those falling down sectors. And uh, it's really been quite a breathtaking move. Of course, we know that uh, the prospects of a divided uh, no, Congress means that uh, policy gridlock means that pretty much the status quo will remain in place. Uh, what, are the, what are the two sectors that really benefited uh, over the past four years? Healthcare, tech, the growth sectors. I don't blame people for going rushing back into it. That's what they know. It, that's exactly the point I was about to make is what they know. You know, everyone's familiar. These are huge household names. Uh, they've done incredibly well. Anyone who's new to investing this year, which I understand a lot of people are um, for various reasons, more cash on their hands, more time on their hands, uh, casinos closed, variety of reasons. Um, they look back and they say, gosh, this has done well over the last six months. I'm familiar with this stock. I understand the, the very simplistic thesis that uh, you know, technology has got an enormous audience and monopoly power, etc. So uh, you can understand why there's a, you know, a rocket under these guys still. Gemma, you're far more eloquent than me. I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> so the, the reaction uh, that we're seeing in the moment uh, from the political standpoint uh, from Donald Trump, uh, what's your general takeaway if there is one? So explain, explain the question again. So, no, no, so what is just the behavior that we're seeing from yeah. Trump at the moment? So I know, uh, obviously, we know that at the moment uh, that there's a whole bunch of uh, battleground states yeah. that are coming down to the wire. Uh, he doesn't want to go and accept mm. the, uh, the outcome. It looks like you know, with postals coming through, uh, Joe Biden will be the next president of the United States. Just like the, what's been going on, I like, know the uncertainty that's been generated at this point. Yeah, I, I feel that this is a, a very well-rehearsed play that is unfolding before us. This whole prepping we've had for weeks and weeks that this is there's going to be a sham election, we're going to be ripped off. Um, this is an idea that's been baked into the public's minds for a long time now. Um, and hearing Trump's speech this morning, which was actually ripped down from several networks because uh, they believed it was full of lies. I only listened to, to part of it myself. Um, but this is a speech that it feels like it was written months ago. Uh, for this scenario. I, what struck me about seeing Trump today was how tired and defeated he looked. Uh, when I look back to 2016, I was watching some old campaigning footage then, he was a different person. And, you know, we, we, we forget because we don't see it side by side. It's just been four mm. years of seeing him every single day. So you don't notice uh, changes in people's demeanor. Um, then he was energetic and funny and sassy. I, I've, I've never been a, in Trump's camp, but um, you could understand why the public gravitated towards him in 2016. Mm. He was a showman and he was entertaining uh, and he just he just seemed a, a bit sort of above the whole race. He, he's a different person now, sort of snide and snappy and and, and angry and, and exhausted. So it, yeah. it really struck me that he's he's reaching the end. Yeah, look, uh, it's not looking good for him. So I'm going to understand why he's a bit down the dumps, but and he had a massive, I uh, know, the, the schedule of rallies that uh, he had done, remember he's 74 years Absolutely. of age. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. was, it was massive toll on anyone's body, let alone a 74-year-old. So I just wonder, but uh, look, I just hope that whatever happens in the next uh, next couple of uh, no days, and hopefully not weeks uh, in plural, uh, maybe a week, but uh, not to see 
widespread violence and the like. I've got a terrible feeling that that's where I'll probably end up at. Uh, I'm hoping for the best, but uh, no, bracing for the worst. And I suspect a lot of investors are probably doing the same. Well, very disturbing um, article I read earlier this week about gun sales, uh, 17 million gun sales so far this year, the highest on record in any mm. year in the States. And um, not just obvious candidates buying, buying the guns, uh, much broader uh, demographic reach of audiences who think they now uh, need a gun on them, which, which I thought was a, a very negative signal given given the uh, ructions we've seen in social fabric so far this year. Absolutely. Let's hope it doesn't get to that. But uh, let's try and uh, finish the podcast off on a more, uh, more positive note. On a bright note. note. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's the weekend. Uh, no, it's been an absolutely you know, hectic week when it comes to, uh, to everything. So, uh, yeah. a, I've got a bright note. Oh, what's that? Victoria, zero, zero. There we Double go. Donut. Do you know, I, I tripped on the autoprompt earlier because I actually didn't believe the news was so good seven days in a row of, of no new cases. It was just astonishing um, so um, really thrilled to see that so so congratulations to everyone in Victoria um, and great job around the rest of Australia as well we've uh, look if we can keep on this pace and hopefully 2021 has a very different shape to what 2020 had here yeah it's great to see those internal borders coming down I implore all the other state uh, premiers that still have theirs up to go and uh, no, reassess but uh, I'm looking forward to being able to go down to, uh, to Melbourne I don't mind having a pint uh, and I'm, I'm watching the footy down there occasionally uh, so yeah, it's, I've done it a couple of times, but um, yeah, it'd be great to go and do that. So look, let's go and toast to that after what's been a busy week. Let's go and uh, celebrate the, uh, the borders coming down between uh, New South Wales and Victoria. Hope everyone out there has a fantastic weekend. Thank you for spending the very busy and event-packed week with us. It's um, always wonderful to have your support, your feedback, your comments, your views, uh, very much valued. And I think you've all earned yourselves a drink as well. Yeah, let's go and enjoy this, uh, this last call. <laughs> Thanks, Scotty. See you.